The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman with the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. And today, my gosh, one of my heroes, special guests, Bill Roto-Rooter, who is the president of of R Squared Solutions. Roto, thank you for being here with us today. Oh, honored to serve. Honored to be here. Listen, um, you and I know each other because we've served on the Military Academy Appointment Board for many years together. And so, you know, my really first initial context with you is really seeing you as a as a military hero, which those are my words. That's how well, that's how I describe you. Um, that said, today you're you're running a company and you're serving and you seem to be doing some outstanding work as a trusted advisor to multiple businesses. So that that's that correct? Yes, uh, businesses, nonprofits, and all kinds of folks that have organizational health gaps, if you will. Gotcha. So, you know, we talk a lot about on this show about CEO and leadership. So talk to me a little bit about in your work, you're coming into a company, I would imagine you're coming in and working with a CEO. What are the kind of things that you see going on? And, and then I guess the next step is like, how do you then counsel them and work them through? So what are the sort of biggest challenges you see in your work? No, that's a great uh, great question. Thank you. So one of the things that people really don't recognize is what the role of a CEO really is. Because there's a lot of uh, CEOs that come into the job and they feel like they're basically to preside over the organization and to, to, to basically look at the bottom line and look at all of these other kinds of things. But if you think about people like Alan Mulally, who turned around Ford and turned around Boeing commercial, he was actually a much more humble leader. And he was, he realized that he was a barrier removal guy and he was a cheerleader. And so a lot of times it's hard for them to take that shift and they can be much more effective if in fact they engage the employee base all the way down to what I call the deck plate as a Navy guy. Right. Right, right. I recently did an interview with the uh, CEO of Advent Health, and the topic was mission drift. And they were talking about how you get off. And, and uh, so in his role, he was talking about like the importance of staying on mission, which is clear. And then I was adding to him, like, well, what happens when you start drifting? And in my mind, when you start drifting, that's when you have to have some confrontational conversations. And that maybe got uh, on the deck guy, that the person on the front line may need to be saying something valuable to the CEO. Some CEOs are not comfortable with that. Right. Yeah. They're not comfortable with that. A lot of people are not comfortable with, with conflict, but at the same time, that's the only way that you can break the barrier. Um, You've got to bring in your vulnerability. You've got to do those sorts of things to be able to inspire the trust so that you can actually have that kind of healthy conflict, knowing that it's not personal. It's actually about the team and the organization. Tell me about um, what's the scenario that someone needs to get triggered to to call you, literally you or someone like you. What's What's going on in their business? Then they're like, I mean, I guess everything's good. They're good, but something's happening. And like, and let me just say this for me, you know, I had a company and there was clearly some things going wrong. I couldn't figure out what it was and ended up getting involved in a CEO group that kind of changed my life. I didn't know what the problem was. I just knew there was a problem. So what is it going on that someone says, boom, I got to call Roto. Yeah. So when you have all the silos and you don't have trust between the verticals Mm. and those sorts of things, you don't have the collaboration. They're not looking at the same North Star. There's so many different things that create that dysfunction at its core. 
And so what we do is we coach companies on how to establish a better base of vulnerability-based trust so that they can climb the ladder of accountability and all the other kinds of things that are going to be important if they're really going to get the results that they're looking for. You know, it's so funny. You said trust between the verticals. That's a great, like, what hit me with this, most commercial real estate companies, you'll have like a, you have a leasing and brokerage division, and you have a property management division, you have a project accounting division, and you have like maintenance, Right. And those different groups, they look and sound differently. You know, the accounting people, very detailed. The leasing salespeople, they're all, they all have ADD, you know, squirrel, you know, they're, they're distracted, right? I could relate. Yeah. And so then, and, then, and there could be animosity, right? And the compensation is different. I knew a company um, that I did some business with and all four verticals hated each other. And the boss, this was a solution, wrote this really happened. He took his maintenance division and made it a separate company. So that it could get fired by the other divisions and they could decide whether to use them internally or externally. That sounds like that's the wrong, that's not the road away. <laughs> Ar- yeah, that's, that's, that's more of a uh, sort of uh, archaic accountability equation for somebody who's really trying to do it by fear as opposed to inclusive, you know, sort of things. And so, you know, if you can recognize the interdependence and you can, as a leader, if you can actually help highlight the interdependencies between those verticals and why that matters to the North Star, then you can get the kind of buy-in that you need and you let them weigh in in order to buy in. And it helps it helps them understand enough about the others to make sure that they understand, you know, where what success looks like. And so that's one of those, when I hear you say that, it's like, hey, accounting people, I know that salesperson's ADD and distracted, um, but that's good, right? Because that's what, they, I mean, for example, for me, you know, I didn't learn until my 40s, I'm dyslexic. And so when I was a sales guy and I would turn reports to accounting, they get mad because something was off, but it's also my dyslexia that made me a good salesperson. Right. And so that's what you're talking about. It's like, you got to have an expectation that different divisions work differently. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and that's okay. And it ought to be that way because when you think about it, the, the teams on the, the, the verticals have their own genius. And when it comes to, the, the, we're doing uh, uh, assessments of the work, the six types of working genius. Uh, Lencioni just came out with that. And we're doing those batteries of questions and those assessments so that they can understand exactly where on the bus they need to be. Mm-hmm. And so how you equip and, and fill out a team and how the dynamics are going to be between them. And so you have a better insight into that. And that helps so much, so much when it comes to trying to say, okay, what's the high performing team look like? When you, you, you're, you're done the work with the Naval Academy where you're recommending these young people to go to the Naval Academy. You went to the Naval Academy. No, I went to University of Florida. Oh, that, I forgot that. You, an, yeah, you went to the other Naval Academy. That's right. It is. That's right. <laughs> Very strong. And I'm sorry, but you, you, yeah. so you have a relationship, but then you went, you went to you have your Key West, right? Is there, yes. Key West. All right. So when you're in your mind and you're looking at these 17, 18 year olds, part of what I would imagine is going through is like imagining them as an officer, Right. And then when they're an officer and they're kind of a blink in the eye, but then they have to be able to relate to people who came right out of high school into the Navy, right? That's absolutely right. In order to be an ideal team player, you have to have humility. You have to have uh, the understanding of people and you have to have trust and you have to have these things that equip you. If you can remember, one of the questions that I always asked in the Naval Academy uh, panels was uh, to define leadership. And all I was looking for was servant Servant, yeah. servant, right. Well, I got to imagine like, cause you know, you were a pilot then that's like the coolest thing in the world. Right. And so pretty cool. No, it's pretty cool. But, but you, it's a little bit of a rock star status, but at the same time, you've got guys that are helping you 
you know, work and all that, they're regular guys and you don't want to be overly elevated. Ain't about me. Right. There you go. Well, Ain't about me. Keep going. What does that mean? Well, that's because the idea is that you're part of something. You're not something. Ooh. So, and I, for me, um, look, my feet are firmly planted on the coral right. of Key West, Florida. Yeah. And when, you know, grew up in a very, very humble beginnings. Yeah. And I, I wanted to be an astronaut and you know that story and mm-hmm. whatnot. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you, it, helping those kids, especially understand that this is not something where you pound your chest. This is something where you're included in something that is very, very important and that you're going to have to be understanding of how you relate to all of the others and what kind of interdependence that you can build. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's a big deal. Well, I want us to, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to keep unpacking because I know you've done stuff like uh, overcoming the five dysfunctions of the team. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that. And I want to keep kind of the context of real estate companies because that's kind of, kind of what I know. And real estate companies are tough because, you know, I one time had a friend who led a real estate company and I think his fantasy was to be like a football coach. But the reality is a lot of real estate companies, it's like being a track coach, right? Like if one kid's throwing the javelin and someone else is doing the high jump, they're, they're not totally dependent on each other. Right. And some, you know, when you're leading salespeople, it's kind of like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, one person having a good day, another person a bad day, and you got to be able to manage that. So I want us to take a break and then go a little bit deeper in that topic. Is that okay? Sounds good. All right. This is the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition with my good friend Roto, who's uh, helping companies across the country get better. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. We're back at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition with Bill Roto-Rooter, who's the president of R-Squared Solutions, who's out there giving counsel and advice to wisdom to businesses all over the place who are trying to, you know, really figure out what the hard issues are and then dive into them. And, you know, Rhoda, one of the things I, I think about, because I've seen so often is you'll have a company and then somebody comes in and they become the sales, top sales producer, right? They're number one. And then the thought process is like, they're doing so many deals. They're so good. Let's make them the boss. And then they come running the office and then disaster. Like the, the TV show, The Office is essentially that, you know, Steve Carell, like yeah. his character, Michael Scott, that's essentially what happens. It's so common. And so when I think about that, cause I've, I've lived, I've had that boss by the way, <laughs> so I've seen it, but it makes me think about, you know, you've talked about overcoming the five dysfunctions of a team that limit performance, cohesive 
cohesion and results. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. The idea is to unleash the potential energy in the actual team themselves, right? And that 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 requires some of this that we're talking about. And so if you think about a CEO and you think about a sales um, leader, those are two different pedigrees. Mm. Okay. And so now, now somebody could morph into the CEO role, but they'd have to understand what a CEO really is. Right. And CEO is more of a rallying cry guy. He's more, you know, he's, he's actually something that, uh, you know, galvanizes folks. Okay. But it's not somebody that presides over them. Right. And so, so that transition is, is very interesting and we've seen it go bad most of the time. Uh, and it's unfair. It's unfair to the individual, even though that may be their aspiration uh, because of the title. But when you come to the five dysfunctions of a team, you know, there's a, there's a pyramid that, that, that governs that. And it starts with vulnerability-based trust because that's how you can get to healthy conflict because you can't really move anywhere until you have a dynamic and, and, and the atmospheric uh, space to be able to, uh, I call it the psychological atmosphere, to be able to actually talk about things that are hard to talk about. And then you can get to where people get committed and then they get um, accountability. And when we talk about accountability, most of the time we're talking about a particular uh, uh, vertical in a company. Yeah, our, man, we're good. We hold each other accountable and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, what it's really about is say you have five different verticals. Um, our accountability we want in a team that's going to be high functioning is one that actually not only respects their own vertical and has accountability, but that they're accountable. Everybody's accountable to the same North Star. So it's not just, I got mine done. How about you? You know, that kind of thing. That, you can't live with that. That's not going to work. So that's, that's one of the things that really, really uh, uh, slows people and companies down because they really don't have that interde- interdependence built into the program because there may be people out here that have a, that are in another vertical that have the genius that could really help this other one. And they have to have the, the fluid and the agility to be able to make that go. You know, when I listen to that, I think about the TV show, uh, Superstore. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but oh, it's, yeah. it's the same premise as the office put into basically a Walmart. Mm-hmm. And there was a little season in my life during COVID. My daughters were watching that because it was COVID. We're you know at home mm-hmm. watching Netflix things. And I would told them, I'm like, this show would never work if it was Publix because every premise of every show was they can't get healthcare, they're underpaid, like all these like negative things. And of course, it led in the conversation of, of, of an ESOP and what is that, right? And so to your point, it's like, why would the person in the bakery care about what's happening in, in the seafood department versus what's happening in the pharmacy? And Publix is a really good example of a company that's the, the verticals are connected. Company. It's a we company, right? So is that is that what you're talking about? That's yes. the connection point yes, of all absolutely. that. Absolutely, that they care that, and they have leadership that is that is very consistent with what I'm talking about and very consistent with Lencioni. They coach Lencioni's coached some of their executives, and it, it is all about the team. So I got, I got several questions for you. <laughs> so when I listen to you talk, you sound so well read, and you say it's it's unbelievable. You got more knowledge than I'm ever going to have and all this business topics, where does that come from? That come from your military training, you know, uh, wisdom of life experience. Have you done some other academic training? Where, where's all this been put into you? Well, it's a little bit all in the above, but I, so I met John Maxwell back in the nineties and have always been, um, very, very, um, 
energetic about leadership and and the attributes of leadership and that's why i'm a maxwell certified guy as long as as well as lencioni guy and i always felt like we could make people better we could bring out better in them and and god gave them you know these these gifts mm-hmm. right and i and when I, I was when i was talking to channel six earlier it's, it's like be a good steward of your gifts right and make sure that your gifts are being put in the right kind of place where you can do it and so um so i've been a a fascinated by the human experience and being able to do this. And when you're, when you're given intuition and you're given um, some sort of, you know, whether you can read the tea leaves on people and you can sense it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, then you really want to, you really want to make it better. And uh, to me, that's, it's my passion. It is absolutely my passion. When I was in the Navy, I would give the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership to everybody that I was responsible for at my next tier um, below. And I got five of them that are now have been or are aircraft carrier COs because they got introduced to that's awesome. You know, and and that was only part of the equation, but it was enough of the equation to kind of help enlighten them as lieutenants because they were young at the time, but they needed to get to understand what leadership really was. And so when they did the 21 area people laws of leadership, they got a lot more awareness. They thrived. And I'm so stoked. And it, that's got to feel awesome. Oh my God. It's amazing. That's got to feel awesome. It's I and mean, when you think about your blows life, me away. Oh, that's unbelievable that I had that much little bit to do that. But I mean, couldn't, you know, somebody could argue when you were, when you were 25, right? Like mm-hmm. you were the man, like, and to think that, you know, you had a great college education, you had a great, you know, uh, you know, military career at that, at that age. And you're the guy, and it seems like you did not stop and you've added so much more and now you have more to give. Right. And that's all the better because um, I say leadership's a servant activity. What I'm doing is a servant activity and it's, it gives me joy. Gotcha. Um, if somebody is listening to this and they're, they're like, man, my business is struggling. Uh, but I think there's potential here. What's the first step? What's the first step they first need to do? First step is to sit down with a cup of coffee and kind of talk about the dynamics um, inside the company and what they would like to see better. Um, and we've got everything from enjoying employee engagement and how to keep them on the bus mm-hmm. and then to figure out where they should be on the bus, but as well as how you really, really tune the culture in. And we've got really good tools to help them do that. What's the what's the size company range uh, on the smaller side to the bigger size? Is there a? It's it's been everywhere from ten people to, um, to fifteen hundred people, of which there's thirteen in the leadership team that really need to set the tone. Gotcha. And we coach them. Gotcha. I uh, I serve um in a leadership position, and I got a FedEx sent to me recently. Within it was a fifty page, uh, research on a complaint about some behavior in the workplace. We'll leave it at that. And I brought it home to show my youngest daughter just to, just to, just sort of the thickness of it. And I was like, this is what happens when you're not behaving properly at work. Right. And so it's one of those things like we, you keep saying North star, right. And it sounds easy, but man, for a lot of people and you know, humans are humans and people are wounded and they can make mistakes and then things can go way in a bad way. But yeah. if they're in a bad way, don't panic. Call Roto. That's, that's you what you do, exactly. right? Well, it's we a, go through what's like a, a quarter of a day that um, people, at least almost a half a day where people go into getting to that North Star. There's a lot of, in you know, a lot of work to be done to get to that rallying cry. Because that really goes back to defining success. And some people could say, well, it's, it's making money, which is, well, that's, 
part of it. There's a, there's a, that's a component, right? But there's a lot of their big airish issues that we'd say would define success and meaning in a place. We've all been around companies that were profitable, that were miserable. Right. Correct. All right. I'm. Uh, we're gonna wrap up this, and then we're gonna come back in a in a minute uh, for our final segment. Uh, Bill Roto Ruder, thank you, thank you for being my friend, my mentor, being a military hero and serving this nation. Thank you, and thank you for only doing to help making people have better lives and better companies. Thanks, John. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. We're back in one minute. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. Mike, how good is Roto? Oh, he is good. I mean, well, there's you know, a lot we haven't even talked about no, this guy. No, listen, know. you know, I mean, first off, there's the the veteran stuff, right? Like, yeah. and you and I, I could talk about that all day long. I mean, the guy, he landed a jet on an aircraft carrier at night. I, I can't even... Multiple th- times. Multiple times. Yeah. I can't get my brain around that. So you, you have that. And then when you listen to him talk, it reminds me of like, um, before I'd gotten into going to counseling and stuff like that, and I went through different kind of recovery things. When you go through that, you learn like what they call recovery language, like uh, uh, day by day or more be revealed. And you sort of learn that as a skill set. When you listen to him talk, it's like this executive level language of business. Mm -hmm, It's a business language. And I mean, I'm telling you, if I had heard him speak, I don't know, 15 years ago, I mean, even even then I was president of a company, I'd be like, I don't I don't understand what half the things he's saying. But your piece pulling it from this wealth of information, mm-hmm. and I don't. I want people to hear that, and not be intimidated by it, but just know that's why you hire him. That's why you bring him in, is because if your business is struggling, there are people who are experts have helped. That's what they do, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, absolutely. One what, of the things he said it was like a drop mic moment when it's not about you. Yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not all about what we want. I mean, it's a team thing, and the business has got to be looked at from the. Uh, the 360 view, not right. well, just and, one. And doesn't that take pressure off? Like you yeah. can you can live a more clean life, healthy life, you know. But like when I talk about how terrifying the thought of like landing on an aircraft carrier, it, it probably wasn't scary for him because he was trained yeah. and he was on a team, right? So, you know, um, you know, I, I, I love Netflix and I watch more than I should. Okay. I'm confessing that. Don't right. get mad at me. Right. <laughs> I'm getting mad. I don't know. You get mad. You're like, you're John, you watch too much TV. But like when I watch Ozark and don't watch Ozark, but when I watch Ozark, the main character, he's so stressed out about business. Like he's, he literally is awake all night trying to figure out his business. And I watched that show and I'm like, man, Marty Bird, I've, I, I, I have, I've been there. I have been there. Mm-hmm. And what I've had to learn is, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to know everything. You know, I'm on a team and, and I can bring in Roto and have Roto help me. Right. And he, and then he, on it's not forever. He puts in skills and he moves on and then I have the tools. Right. Right. But I don't have to be overwhelmed. I don't have to be alone. Right. It's a, it's a really great opportunity 
to get that outside view and yeah. uh, fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, that, that was not an endorsement of Ozark and money laundering, just so we're clear on that. Yeah. It was not an endorsement. And, and I would just like to say that I would think it takes fresh eyes to be able to land a jet uh, on, a, on, a, on an aircraft carrier in nighttime. I, I don't, I, I just, my brain doesn't work that way. I don't like to fly, you know, on a commercial airline in the middle of the day, yeah. by the way. John, I feel really good when I can land my car on the driveway without <laughs> being over in my grass. I mean, I, I feel good about that. Right, right. And so, but again, like it's the same thing though in, in business, you know, we can get overwhelmed, uh, but we need to know we're not alone. When I joined that CEO group, Mike, what I learned was there's 12 other CEOs that feel exact, the exact thing mm-hmm. I do every week. Yeah. And when you learn about like, it's me, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. When you learn that, then you're like, oh, exhale. So it's great. Man, Mike, thanks for always being here with me. You got uh, it, my Bill friend. Roto-Rooter, uh, one of the best. So honored to have him here on the show. We'll look forward to the next time. This has been the Crossman Conversation CEO Edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.